Welcome to The Creator's Adventure, where we interview creators from around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. Appearing on podcasts is a great way to grow your brand, and today's guest is going to show you how to do it. Hey everyone, I'm Brian McAnulty, the founder of Heights Platform. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, we're here today with Misha Zvegensov, the founder of the Influence Army, and he is the host of the Table Rush talk show. He loves to share his insights, strategies, and tactics so that you can use your customer stories to increase your traffic, leads, sales, and conversions. He is an uh, obsession with the collecting customer stories and testimonials, has given him the nickname, The Testimonial Guy. Misha, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited, Brian. Awesome. So my first question for you today is, what would you say is the biggest thing either that you did or you are doing that has helped you to achieve the freedom to do what you enjoy? That, my friend, is a great, great question. And um, I will, the, the biggest thing that I did bar none was to quit my career as a um, mortgage loan officer after 15, 20 years, I quit my sales career. 15 years of it was in, um, uh, I was a mortgage loan officer and uh, had a ton of success, was, was very good at it, very gifted at it, was great at systemizing the processes to bring new customers in and then to help them get their loans and do all those things and then, and then turn those existing, uh, you know, loan getters into getting their next loans with me is what I would say. Right. And, and I was really good at, at finding niches, um, mining data to find people that I could help. Right. And then I would do telemarketing campaigns for them uh, to, to get them. I would do flyer campaigns to bring those customers in. Um, I just was really good at sifting through that data. And I, paid a lot of money to be in these crazy databases where you could sort and find, you know, all these parameters. And I loved it. And I loved serving people and helping them get their loans and, and doing all this. And then literally overnight, all of the things that I was gifted at and home loans became painful um, due to, there was some divorce in there. There was uh, parents died in there. Uh, you know, another failed relationship, just this, existential crisis of how am I serving the world even? And, yeah. um, yeah. So I, I hit this point in about 2013, 50, uh, maybe 13, 14, 15, the timeline is a little fuzzy, but, uh, where it became painful and I stayed in the business two years too long. Like I said, overnight, everything became painful when I used to sit in sales meetings, I was the type of person that was like, Hey, you're either here to help, to serve, to be energetic, to be a part of, or don't waste our time. Right. And then overnight I became the cynical one. I became the, the problem at the sales meeting, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And I really saw that and yeah, and I'll try and cut to the chase here, but, uh, I was like talking to the universe saying, you know, universe, Give me my next career so I can quit. Give me my next career so I can quit. And so I was praying for that and talking to the universe, talking to God, say it however you want, right? Like, how can I serve? Give me the next thing. And um, that next thing was not being presented 
and uh, I needed to quit to find the next thing. And so when I finally had that epiphany of like, the leap I have to make is to walk away. And uh, I'll never forget the day I did it. I, I went into my boss and I was like, you know, I'm done. I quit. And his reaction was, we'll match whatever offer you have out there. Um, and I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm quitting the business. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he actually said to me, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that, too. But anyway, so I, I, it was kind of a long answer. But um, I think quitting that, that painful situation to make space for the new next good was the biggest thing. Does that answer that question? Yeah, no, that's that's great advice, I think, because um, you had me drawn in there. I was wondering, well, what, what's going to happen? How did, how did he find it then? And I think you're right, though. Most often, the way way to make that happen is, is you have to put in some effort and sometimes do something pretty drastic in order to really make that change for yourself. So I like that. Yeah. And I'll even follow up. You know, what it turned out was, was that I needed to, I had to tween boys at the time so what what the universe really wanted me to do i had money in the bank and so i was in a space of my money pile needs to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i was comparing myself to everybody in their imaginary money piles or whatever and trying to do the right thing and save for retirement and all this stuff and and really what it came down to was uh, i was a divorced single dad and uh i needed to quit my job and really focus on my boys and get them through, you know, grade school, through high school and prioritize that number one, like make them their lunches, um, get them to swimming, get them to school, help them get their homework done. And literally that became my job and one of the best things that I ever did, right? And, and I have my one son, Waylon, who's 20 now, but at the time um, he would literally open the door from his bedroom and like look out into the living room and see if I was there and he'd say I was there and he'd be like, okay, everything's good. Right. So my job was literally just to be there for those boys. But anyway. Yeah, no, that's great. I think, um, like it's, a, it's really incredible when you can find something that, that you enjoy and feel purpose in doing because then the, the money doesn't matter anymore. Almost I like, of course, everybody needs some amount of money to, to survive, provide for their family and everything. But it, it's easy to like fall into these, uh, these traps of like how you described, like, Oh, well, how, how's my money pile compared to his money pile or whatever. Um, where like, I think the ideal like life and like what I try to focus on and aspire to is freedom over the money and realizing that like, the freedom is what I always wanted anyway. And that's why most people want money is because they believe that equals freedom, but it, it doesn't necessarily. And so if you can get yourself to a point where like you feel that purpose and, and everything without like having all the money in the world yet, then like you did it like in my mind. Right. So like, I, I feel grateful that like I'm able to wake up and realize like the thing I would be doing today is the same as what I would be doing if I had all the money in the world. So I think it's, it's really worth like really focusing on and, and taking like these drastic actions like you did, if that means you can get closer to whatever that thing is for you. So you started in 
like old school sales and, and direct sales and all that, not in the online world. How do you kind of transition from that to podcast and digital marketing? And what would you say are like some fundamental skills that maybe you learned uh, in sales that you brought into today's business? I love that. That is such a great question. So, you know, I, I was raising those two boys of mine and, and uh, getting them through high school and, and all this fun stuff, right? In the back of my mind, um, and keep in mind, I'm always thinking about how can I serve? How can I serve? Like I'm literally, it's my mantra. I try and be in that mindset of, you know, how can I serve the world? What can I bring to the table? And, you know, being a human, being egotistical, that's a delicate balance. Sometimes I can fool myself. I, I can think like, yes, I'm helping, but really it's my, I'm chasing a shiny object. But anyway, sorry to go down that rabbit hole. Um, I always knew that as soon as my kids got through high school and, and out of the house, like new entrepreneurial endeavors would come. Right. And um, sure enough, you know, my one son gets out of high school, moves out. My other son is a senior and, and uh, you know, I'm hurtling towards the empty nest and he's got his girlfriend, he's got his job, he's doing great at school. Like he almost needs no, so no support from me. And uh, I was like, all right, I, I can see the new entrepreneurial opportunities starting to pop up. And, you know, I stumbled across Russell Brunson. If you know Russell Brunson being in the online space, I'm sure you know about Russell Brunson, right? And uh, yeah. And so uh, in sales, I was very great at the systems and we would have a sales funnel, right? And so where is somebody in that sales process, right? Are they a lead? Have I had contact with them? You know, have I presented my offer? Uh, you know, how many follow-ups have I done, right? That systemizing that whole process and, um, I love that. That's one of the things that are my gifts, right? And so I was riding on a train with someone by coincidence. I'm like, what do you do? And uh, he goes, well, I write copy for, you know, for, for, uh, for sales funnels or whatever. And I'm like, a sales funnel? What are you talking about? And he goes, well, you know, uh, he goes, I write copy for um, Eckhart Tolle. And Eckhart Tolle is about to do this big launch and this is how it works. And I was like, I was captivated and and uh, I just, that's how I ended. I just, I ended up in the, the guy, sorry, I got distracted. I was like, how long do I want to drag this story out? I'll try to cut to the chase. I, I have this habit of really telling long stories. And so I try to be cognizant of shorting them down. But I was on the train with this guy for two hours and I'm just peppering him. And I'm like, I've got to learn more. And uh, after the event was done, we were on the train back for another two hours. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got him for another two hours. I have a captive audience. He's trapped, right? And he said, hey, yeah. He goes, this is, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, whatever it is, five years ago by now. He goes, uh, get russellbrunsons.com secrets. And he said, get Jeff Walker's launch. And, uh, and so of course I got those books and then I was immediately in Russell Brunson's funnels and he's the master at funnels and painting that picture. And so, uh, I got sucked in and then um, the things that to directly answer your question, some of the skill sets that that I bring from old school sales into the digital online marketing space. So 
and how did I get into podcasting and all that. So at the time in Russell Brunson's high-end coaching, it's called the 2CCX. Um, I'm still in it. Uh, you know, he's got higher levels of coaching. He's got his, uh, you know, inner circle and then his, uh, whatever category Kings Atlas and all that. But anyway, in the two CCX, he's like, Hey, you got to pick a platform to start getting your message out there. You know, pick YouTube podcasting or uh, blogging. And I picked podcasting because um, I love all the tech, all the toys. You can see them all around. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so what immediately I have been able to bring is in sales, when I was doing sales, and I've done a million, literally a million telemarketing phone calls, right? I've gone door to door. I've walked door to door. I've walked business to business. And, and back in the day, we used to listen to Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and all these kinds of, of salespeople. And I would literally have a cassette tape and I would put it in an old Walkman. Anybody listening knows what a Walkman is, right? or then it was CDs and I would walk to work and I would have these tapes and what they would tell you was smile when you're talking on the phone, smile, right? And so I used to have um, a smile stick, like a smile selfie stick back in the, in the late nineties. So it would remind me to smile. So whenever I get on the phone, whenever I get on a podcast with someone like you, whenever I go to a networking event, I smile habitually. Right. And that makes us more inviting. It makes us more um, the synapses like there's all these studies out there. So I naturally when people meet me or see me on the podcast, they go, oh, my God, you have amazing energy. I'm like, yeah, I, I habitually smile. I roll my shoulders back. Right. Um, sit up straight. So these are all things in sales like sit up straight, smile, roll your shoulders back. And then, you know, I talked a little bit about prayer, talking to God, the universe, call it what you will about being of, and, and about how I can be of service. So whenever I'm about to jump on a podcast or, or create something, I'm like, all right, God or universe, how can I be of service? What can I bring to the table? Right. And, and when you're doing telemarketing sales, initially it can be a grind and it can be heavy. And so you really have to figure out, like, I'm here to serve. And so every no is an opportunity opportunity for me to find that person to serve. Does that make sense to get to the yeah. yes? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I can relate to that. Even having never done, like, the telemarketing kind of thing is, like, even just in, like, the content that I'm creating. First of all, the smiling thing I think is important. And for me, I think that's something, like, I really have to, like, consciously work towards um, some people are more naturally maybe better at that than others, but I think it's important to like, to practice that if you're not, because I remember in like elementary school, my teachers would say like, Oh, Brian, you have like the best poker face. No one has any idea what you're thinking. And like, I, I do feel that, that, that is, that is a little bit true of naturally just like not really revealing as much in my expression, which I should, because I agree, like what you're saying, like it helps the energy of the whole thing and people feel more comfortable to, to talk around you and everything. And, and even on a phone call, when they don't see it, it comes through. And so that's the one point. But then the second point about like remembering to serve and everything, like I didn't have this natural feeling that like, I want to be popular on social media. I want people to know who I am. 
Like I actually rather, rather not and just do my thing. But I realized like the reason that I'm doing something like this podcast and like you just interviewed me on your podcast was that I care more about getting my message out there to help people and make that impact on people that I know I can provide that value than I do of like not caring to be popular on social media. And so realizing that that's the reason and, and focusing in on that. Yeah, I love that. So good. Um, it's interesting. I was on a podcast interview, the Ecom X Factor, and uh, you know they're all about ecom products. And and he says he literally said to me, "Well, <laughs> what about us introverts, <laughs> right?" Because he's like, "You're so outgoing," and I'm mm. like, "Well, that's a great, great question." And I think one, the thing to remember in all, all this is not to try to be somebody who we're not. Right. It's like bring we're just trying to bring forth the best version of who we are in that moment. Right. So if you're an introvert and you'd like to hide out in a hoodie, show up on the podcast in your hoodie, but just smile. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, you don't need to be anybody you're not. Um, and I, I think what happens is as we embrace who we are more, um, those people who gravitate who, who who resonate with us will gravitate towards us right and that's one of the great things about the internet right now and i sound naive saying this but it's like hey we have access to eight billion people so be you someone's gonna find you right yeah um, but in, yeah but i would also say um uh i want to tell a quick story unless you had another question because i have a cool sure, no, story. go ahead go ahead yeah, yeah. So when I was a kid, I was painfully, painfully, painfully shy. And like, if I had to get up in front of class to speak, I would cry. I couldn't do it. And I even had a teacher one time, God bless them, but they were like, you should come up and answer the question. And they're like, oh, you're probably going to cry and blah, blah, blah. And just humiliated me. Right. And, and sure enough, I got up there and I cried and it just, it just, you know, that, that moment to sear it in my head. It's probably one of the reasons that I was like, I'm going to be in sales and do great. But um, I think with practice and diligence and practicing these, these tricks of smiling and doing these things we can, we talk about, we can be outgoing in our own way. Does, does that make sense? Kind of? Yeah, I, I think it's true. And, and I relate to that as well. I'm, I'm an introvert. I was always shy and stuff in school. And the kind of analogy I like to compare it with, I would say, is I realized for myself, the one thing that I didn't feel nervous with was I was in a band in high school and I have no problem playing guitar in front of hundreds of people. I, I didn't feel nervous really about that, but like to, to give a speech in front of the class or something like that. Yeah, totally, totally nervous yeah. about that. And I realized it's because like, when I'm, when I'm performing and like playing the guitar, like I'm just doing my thing. Like that's the, that's the thing that I enjoy. I'm just doing it. I'm not thinking or caring about what people think of me in that moment. And I think that's, that's kind of the way that it is. Like if you can practice, practice going through and, and the telemarketing or, or talking in front of people, whatever it is, you can get to the point that you're so comfortable with it that you just feel like, oh, I'm just being me. I'm just doing my thing rather than feeling the, the potential judgment or uncertainty and 
kind of having like that shyness take over. Yeah. I love that. That's a, a great way to frame it. Um, I'll give anybody else listening a, a little tip too that I learned from McCall Jones, if you know who McCall Jones is, uh, but she's got this program, um, or she calls it charisma hacking, but she says, Hey, you know, whenever you're going to go on a podcast or you're going to go speak in public or do any of these things, she says, find that seven moment, that seven excitement level moment, um, in your life and then talk it through before you jump on the podcast, before you go on stage. And, and so mm. like, you know, a seven moment might be that, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm sending out a new round of invites to go speak on podcasts. I send one, send one to Brian McNulty and, uh, he says, yes. Right. And I'm like, yeah, my new, my new, my new pitch worked. <laughs> Right. Like that's a seven moment. And so if I'm nervous before I'm going to jump on another show, I can be like, I can literally say, oh, my gosh, I was building up this script and how I want to serve. And I was going to start sending out emails and I was so nervous. And I came up with this new email and then I sent it out and I sent it to Brian. And oh, my God, he said, yes. Right. Like show up with that kind of energy versus like the overhypey energy, you know, like mm. the 10. And so I love that idea. And I think that was a great tip that I heard. So I just yeah, I like wanted that. to share that. Yeah. 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 So for those listening who are entrepreneurs and they've heard like, okay, well, podcasting can be a, a way of promoting my business. And specifically, like, let's say whether you have a podcast or not, like being a guest on other people's podcasts, I think this is something that either people maybe underestimate how powerful it can be to do that. Or even if they know, they don't know how to get started with that. So I want to talk about that a little bit because, so we just, I was just on your show right now. Um, I'm going to be on another podcast later today, but I'm kind of new to this myself. And I found that like, yeah, I have this company. We've got thousands of customers. We've been around for a while, but I haven't really been on podcasts. I haven't really done that kind of thing. So people don't know about me. And so uh, I'm still kind of starting from scratch in a way, even though like I'm an established business. And so I, I think it takes effort, um, even if you've been doing this for a while, just to kind of get started. So I guess what, what would you tell somebody who is maybe in a position like myself where maybe they've done a few podcasts already, or maybe they're brand new to this and they want to figure out like, well, how can I be a guest on somebody's podcast if nobody really knows who I am yet? Yeah, it's such a great, great, great question. Um, you know, I think we all have stories to tell, right? And and I think um, when you interviewed me, we talked a little bit about, or when I interviewed you, you referenced um, imposter syndrome, right? And and with what you do and with your Heights platform and the people that you help you know, create their courses, their membership, all that. Really what the holdup is, is putting yourself out there. The launch, the launch of the idea, putting it out there, right? We're trying to get it shiny enough. We're trying to get it, uh, you know, perfect. Uh, and we want to market it the perfect way. And we want to know all this before we, we go to market, right? And uh, I think it's a little bit the same with, 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 going on a podcast or shall we say 
right? Um, so one thing you can do, let's see, where do I want to go with this? So I'm a systems guy, right? And so I like to, to systemize everything and make it easy, right? So rule number, so you could decide right now, I'm going to go on a podcast tour and I don't know what I'm going to say yet. Well, great. You probably have an idea of the audience you want to speak to. So you could start building that list of podcasts that you want to speak on, right? You can start doing that sort of fundamental work, right? At the same time as you start building out that list of podcasts that you want to speak on, um, the next thing you could do is go, okay, I know I've got stories to tell. Uh, so people are like, what do I say? When do I say it? What am I going to talk about? Right? I think that's another concern that we have when we're going to go on podcasts, right? So I have got what's called my, uh, my story bank, um, my story bank framework. I can't remember the name of it, what it is right now, which is incredible pressure. But uh, basically, it's start collecting your stories that you can pull from when you're asked questions, right? So I have four story arcs to my life. There's the recovery lens. So I got clean and sober at a super young age, 17, and I've been sober my whole life. And, and uh, I have that lens to pull from, right? And I have stories like my speaking of being of service comes from, from that recovery lens, right? Like part of getting sober and clean is you got to shift your mindset out of being selfish to serve, right? For example. Um, then I've got my um, sort of the success years, right? My mortgage success years. I was making a ton of money. I was married, grew my kids, like all this sort of stuff, right? Like I've got all these great stories to tell, you know, my Zig Ziglar experiences, all this stuff. And I've got my sort of failure, flame out, existential divorce crash. And now my other story arc is my, you know, the digital marketing influence army where I am, right? So you figure out what those four key story arcs in your life, and then you start inventorying the stories within them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is this useful? Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. And so then within those stories, we're looking for those, uh, our own stories, our customer success stories, right? And then our sort of mentor inspirational moment stories. And so we're looking for those three things. And what I tell my students is don't prejudge those stories. Just write them down. Doesn't mean you have to use them. Just start listing out your stories, right? So you get your, your three or four or five story arcs of your life. And with, within each of those story arcs, what are your personal stories? What are your customer stories, if any, or it could be, you know, mom stories, cousin stories, any, any success point stories, right? Um, and then those, those inspirational mentor stories or, or like you're walking down the street and you meet somebody and they say something to you and it changes the course of your life, right? Yeah. And then all yeah, we need know, to do well, is- I want to I wanna kind of interject here quick just to say yeah. that I think this is important because- even after you get on like the show, like the, they booked you and they said like, okay, we're, we're going to have it. It's still important to know all that 
And you might think to yourself, like, I know, like, I know what my life is. Like, what do you mean? Why do I have to write this kind of thing down? But there, like, from my limited experience being on a few podcasts here and there, I've noticed that, like, it's really important to really get honed in on those stories that you have that you want to tell. Because the person interviewing you, they might be a great interviewer, but still, like, they don't know the right way to ask the question necessarily to get that story out of you. And so you don't want to also have to rely on the person you're talking to or person interviewing you being the best interviewer in the world to have done the most research and know everything and happen to get the exact right wording to get that answer out of you. You want to have that, that story kind of in your mind already that they're able to ask that question and you can make the connection and say, this, this is the thing that I'm going to talk about here. Here's this story because this is what it all connects to. And you can speak a lot more clearly and and provide some engaging value that way. Absolutely. And subconsciously, I believe, and I'm sure there's studies on it, but I've just found it to be true. Subconsciously, our mind is has that inventory of stories and is looking for chances to pull them out and naturally gives us the opportunity. We find the segue for the interviewer, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, the story is exactly yeah. it just comes up, right? And uh, yeah, and I even think uh, what and when we're when I'm listing those stories, um, I just write down a word or a phrase. Like you don't have to pencil out the whole thing. You can, but it's just like good to remember key moments, right? And what's what's the phrase or the word that can spark that memory, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think probably everyone here has realized like someone that they've watched on a podcast or a show or something be interviewed, and there's times when like either they themselves, their team, their, their PR agent, whatever, it's kind of told them to like, Hey, this is, well, this is what we want to talk about. And they try to like turn it into, into that. Right. And so sometimes maybe that could be a bad thing. if if they're really, they're just trying to talk about their agenda and they don't want to like go with the flow of everything. But at the same time, it's that like they, they have this inventory in their, in their mind and in their head of ready to go of how can they relate these different pieces to the message they want to share with the world. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the practice comes in and I spoke to it earlier and I, I need work on it is like, how do I shorten or lengthen the story? Right. We've got our 30 second version, our three minute version, our yeah. five minute. No, version. Well, I, I completely agree. I have to work on that as well, because, yeah, you start telling it and then you're like, oh, I remember my whole life now. And then you want to tell about all of it. Right. But um, so like it, it's funny to think about that. It does really take practice to to tell your own story in the the most engaging and like concise way possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Um, I speak a lot with my hands, right? And, mm. and, and if you watch me, whenever I speak, I speak a lot with my hands and, and um, <laughs> where am I going with this? I, I just, I just remembered like, be you, right? Like we want to be ourselves. If you speak a lot with your hands, use your hands and don't let other people um, dissuade you from being who you are. Right. So some people will say, Misha, you, you're, you, you use your hands too much when you speak, right? Like I'm doing it right now. And now everyone might be paying attention to that, which is amazing. But people are drawn to that too. So the reason I'm telling you that story is because I can tend to draw on with my stories, but people have given me feedback and said, I love when you just go on with your story. That's what I love about you, right? And so again, 
as we spoke to earlier, it's finding that person that resonates with us, right? And we don't need to be all things to all people. Um, so anyone listening or watching, like, don't freak out if you think your stories are too long. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, definitely. That was and my I mean, point there. just the, the effort moving forward and practicing at it, uh, you'll get better. But yeah, I think that's important to note too. Like, you don't have to be this perfect version of what everybody maybe says. Um, you're allowed to certain imperfections about yourself or what people consider to be imperfections are actually like, that's what makes you, you. Yeah. Um, okay. So how about like now, like we get what we should do to prepare. How do we actually reach out to like a podcast to, to get them to accept us? Cause I know in, in this situation, actually you reached out to us. We don't accept that many requests from guests. We usually just go and say like, Hey, do you want to be on the show? And we kind of like have it set. So you convinced us, um, I'm curious, curious if you can share a little bit of like your, your template or framework of how somebody can use that to approach podcasts to be on there. Yeah, that's such a, such a great question. Um, and, uh, I do have a framework for it. I, uh, teach it. I'm like, here's the outline for your, for your, um, for your, uh, what I call my pod pitch guesting, uh, guest speaking request template, I think is what I call it. But um, I can tell you this, a lot of it is based on, on authenticity and a little bit of pre-work. Um, so uh, I called out an audience, if you notice in that script. So I, we want to call out our audience, how do we serve, and then also um, some authenticity, right? And um, I should actually pull up the framework and I'll, I could tell you more to it. Um, but I'm a cut to the chase kind of a guy, right? And I want there to be as little fluff as possible. And I want to authentically tell you why I'm here and what I want to do and how we can serve each other. And, and the script was designed to cut through all the the, the BS of having to follow you on Facebook to have being to, to build a relationship with you, um, on social media and send you gifts and all these things that so many people tell us to do. They're like, go follow them on Facebook and comment on their content and do all this and do all that. Right. Which is great if that's authentic to you. Right. And I'm, so I'm not saying any of that's bad, but what I am saying is that, is that we want, if we're going to go on podcasts at scale, right, which is what you want to do, which is what I want to do. We want to get our messages out there at scale. Like we don't have time. I don't have time. I have a small team. We don't have time to befriend everybody on Facebook first. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That makes sense. I remember. So my assistant saw, your message and she thought, Hey, this is probably pretty good. And then she showed it to me. And I remember like, there wasn't any fluff, like what you're saying. Like it got to the point, there's no, like, here's who I am. Here's a whole like paragraph all about me. It was speaking directly to like, this is how I can provide value to your audience and like all that kind of thing. Like I got it right away. I didn't feel like, Oh, what is all this information that I have to, to go through to, to make a decision or not? It was really clear on like the proposition you were making. Yeah, 
perfect. Thank you. And thank you for that feedback, right? Because that, that's what I was trying to do. And, and, and it's up to us as the person wanting to go on the shows to go, okay, like I looked at your audience and I'm like, I literally believe I can help your audience, right? So I know that. So I'm like, great, this is authentic. Like I can help your audience, right? And, and the other thing about it is I can talk about podcasting, uh, uh, guesting, telling stories, um, telling our customer stories, getting testimonials, all this kind of stuff all day. I love it. I do it for free, right? So that, that's the space I'm coming from too. So I'm like, hey, how can I serve? Here's the value proposition. And then here is a little give. Like I did take some time to look at your podcast. I did take some time, right? Because at the end I was like, hey, by the way, I love your podcast. I love that interview you did. Uh, I think it was a lady. I can't remember her name, but she was. Um, Crystal, I think she you was were just, talking about. What's yeah. that? Crystal Bonnet, I think you were mentioning her. Yeah. Interview. Yeah. And I just loved how she was authentic and talking about her current challenges. And I was like, yeah, like that's, that was great. Right. That inspired me to, to hang in there through the entrepreneurial challenge, right. Through that journey. And so, yeah, it's like, let's cut to the chase. You've got an audience. I can serve your audience. Um, and yeah, I did at least take a minute to know that, yeah, you've got a show and I listened and, I, I can serve your audience. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's also, I guess for anybody listening to this from the perspective of someone who has a podcast and like would receive an email like that, I guess now like thinking through this myself, like how, how would I approach it? What I can realize is like the people that the kind of people we would reject right away are those where like, it's something really generic and they say like, oh, this person should be on your podcast, blah, 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 blah. And it's just this pitch where like, we have to think too hard to even decide like, are they a fit? Like, and, and we have to try to like process that. And oftentimes it's just, maybe they even would be, but it's just too much work. And we say, no, we're just, we're just gonna deal with the guests that we have. And so without like being so, like you don't wanna be so uh, generic and just, blasting everyone, like trying to be on everyone's podcast. But at the same time, like the point you're making is you also don't have to spend like all this time, like engaging and building a relationship with the person directly. So, so much so that you don't have time to actually reach out to enough podcasts. And so, yeah, so you found this, this balance where you're making it clear that you understand what they're doing. You're making it clear what you do and what you can offer the audience. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, thank you for that. And and you know, you know who Johnny Lee Dumas is, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Awesome Entrepreneurs on Fire. Um, that podcast, you know, he's he's uh very well known for that podcast, has I don't know over however many hundreds of thousands of downloads a month or whatever it is, but I had an opportunity to see him to see him um speak at actually at Funnel Hacking Live a few years ago. And uh he said, he basically said, um, you know, like podcasters are busy. You're busy. Brian is a busy guy. Right. And, and they don't have time to, to, to come up with the ideas or not that we don't want to, or it's just, you said it great. Like you're busy. If I can frame the idea for you and that's in that email, what it does as well. It's like, like Hey, here's the name of, here's what we could literally call the podcast episode. And here's some points you can speak to right? Solves a whole bunch of problems. And I'm here to serve, 
So just to button that up a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, one of the things we'd like to do on this show is I like to have every guest ask a question to the audience. If you could think of anything to ask our audience, whether it's something you're curious about, something you kind of want to get everybody thinking about, what would that be? Yeah, I love that. Now I have to cough. <coughs> I'm on the tail end of a cold or allergies or something. Sorry about that. No worries. Thank goodness for a production team, right? <laughs> so yes, I did write down a question and, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I know that your audience are creators, right? That are creating courses that are learning how they're at some part of this, of this journey of this arc of, of I'm an expert. I've got a message to bring to market that I can help people these learnings. So how am I going to do it? So they're like, Oh, let's get on Heights platform and build a course, right. To perhaps they're at the other end of it. Like, the lady who you mentioned, uh, Barbara, I think her name was, who's like built a business, right? And now she's figuring out how to scale it to seven or eight or nine figures or whatever it is, right? So my question to, 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 to you, uh, that person is, as a creator, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to driving traffic to your content, to your courses? And maybe a better way to say it is, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to getting your eyeballs on your content? Or even better, uh, what's your biggest challenge when you're putting yourself out there? Awesome. Yeah, good thing to think about. All right, Misha, well, before we get going, where else can people find you online? Awesome. Uh, go to guestingguide.com, guestingguide.com, and I have this great a podcast tour guesting guide that answers the top 10 questions on, uh, on, on going on a guest speaking tour. It's got uh, tips in there on how to find podcasts, more podcasts than you uh, know what to do with to speak on, how to get emails, how to write that pitch, you know, that email pitch, everything. So guestingguide.com, click on it for free and uh, it'll get you started on the right path. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mincha. Thank you, Brian. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to join our free community of over 5,000 creators at creatorclimb.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, check out the Heights Platform YouTube channel every Tuesday at 9 a.m. U.S. Central. To get notified when new episodes release, join our newsletter at thecreatorsadventure.com. Until then, keep learning, and I'll see you in the next episode.